Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the Art Beauty Podcast, where we tell the real truth about the fake shit. Hi, everyone. I'm Amber, and today my fabulous co-host is Dr. Heather Rogers. She is a board-certified dermatologist. She's still practicing and seeing people every day in Seattle, and she's the founder of Dr. Rogers Restore Skincare. Now, thank you so much for being here with us today, Dr. Rogers. Thank you for having me. Uh, now we met um, because I was hosting a new beauty live piece, and uh, you know one of your p- products was featured. But I loved it because you and I del- got to like have a little bit of banter and meeting, and I think that we kind of bonded on the fact that both of us really feel like there is a lot of you know, for lack of a better term, bullshit in the beauty industry. Um, And I know recently I've had so many of my girlfriends call me and say, how do I get rid of frickles? How do I do this? And I'm like, well, do you want results? Do you want to, you know, because then you need to, or do you want something that's going to like kind of work and make you feel better about it? Um, Completely. So, so, so first of all, where are you right now? It looks (laughs) like you're at summer camp. I know. So I am up in the San Juan Islands. I married a man from the San Juan Islands and we, um, pretty much everything for summer was canceled because of COVID and my husband and I are both doctors. So we're still seeing patients every day. And, um, that makes it so the kids really aren't having the kind of summer that they should be having. So we have taken a couple days off and they're going to go boat camping, which is not necessarily my first choice of activities, but I am a really good sport. (laughs) Oh, I will. I love boating. I really do. Um, my husband can't, can't deal with it. Um, we keep the, what is it? Bonine mm-hmm. really, really, uh, close by, but I love being out in the water and, you know, taking a little dip. And I actually saw when we did our meet and greet, um, you had shown me, you know, via, uh, via zoom, what the San Juan islands look like. And, oh my gosh, when travel is starting up again, I'm heading out there. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And, um, I love being on a boat. It was actually really funny. I just had my birthday, which I was actually with you on. And I got an astrological reading as a birthday present from one of my best friends. And I am deficient in the water sign, which means that I'm really drawn to the water in my entire life. Like I sailed all through college. I'm a scuba diver. I'm a boater. I'm a surfer. And I was like, it was just a really fun sort of explanation where I was like, Oh yeah, I need water at all times. I'm way too fiery. So who read? Who did your reading? So again, because you can't really have parties. Um, one of my dear friends had like a group of five of us and they brought someone in and we all wore masks and she sat and read all five of us. And um, nice. and it was, it's just, we're trying to find fun right now, right? You can't go out to dinner. You can't go to the broad. Like, so we're just like, what are fun things we can do? And this woman was like so thoughtful and um, careful in how she said things. Um, but she still was so crazy accurate where she's like, wow, like for me, Heather, you are so busy. Like you need to calm 
down. Like you did. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of my life. You're exactly right. So it was great. And another woman who is a big rock climber, um, like the third thing she said to her is like, you have a compulsion to touch rocks, like out of nowhere, like these sort of really accurate things, which are really fun. I'm okay. So first of all, I'm obsessed with astrology. I live for this woman, Susan Miller. I don't know if you know her, um, but I will find her. My mother used to fax my tarot card readings to me at work. Um, yeah, I know. We're, we're, but I but I love it. And I, I read my horoscope every day. And I do believe that there are these cosmic, you know, that we're all sort of connected cosmically. And so, you know, it's a good thing to be aware of. But I would love having a reading is such a great idea for a birthday. It was super fun. And then to really show you how ridiculous I am, it was just my anniversary. And so I had her do another reading for the relationship for my husband and I and our kids. Because I was like, why not? Nice. Fun? Nice. <laughs> did that. And my husband was super skeptical, but then he got a lot of positive accolades from it. And he's like, oh, this is great. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> good. All right. So it, it was a positive well, reading then. What would you good. do if We're she was like... Good you know what? You got to get out of this. What do you do in that situation? Well, that's what, so it was funny, unrelated, but another person was doing reading palms for my husband, myself, and my brother-in-law. And she read mine and she read Matt's, my husband's. And then she got to Brian, my brother-in-law's and was like, I can't tell you what I'm seeing. Like, <gasps> I, I can't share it with you. That is scary. That's scary. I had my tea leaves read once and the woman told me that um, this was a really good life for me because in the past I've had some really terrible ones. So I'm like, I'm going to make the most out of this one then, sister. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's coming next, right? Oh, Oh, my goodness. Well, um, again, happy happy birthday. And, um, you know, like I said, we really hit it off because I feel like, you know, there is so there's so much confusion when it comes to the beauty market. And that's part of the reason that I started this podcast is, you know, to give people experts like yourself a voice to come on and help us figure this out. And, um, you know, in a way that wasn't being paid for or sponsored or branded, which look, there's a place for that. And and we all understand it because it's a business, but I wanted to see, you know, is there a place where people can come on and tell it like it is? Um, so and you know, you're doing that because it's exceedingly rare and sort of same thing with me in the world of dermatology is that I have been approached many times every year about being a spokesperson for or being on the board of different companies, skincare companies, beauty companies, injectables. And I have decided, and I decided a long time ago, and everyone says I'm overly principled, that I was not ever going to be paid to be, to recommend anything. And that I wanted my opinions to be my own based on the research I've done on the training I've gone through. And, um, in the dermatology world, that's exceedingly rare, right? Of the top hundred dermatologists in this country, particularly the, um, aesthetic dermatologists, everyone is being paid for something, being on a board or doing a study or whatever it is. And it's really hard to be objective there. And I just have decided that I will be the um, defender of the consumer. That is sort of how I viewed myself. And I'm in a lot of articles and a lot of the press sort of enjoys me because I, like you, speak the truth. They're like, ooh, you want to hear about like what snail extract does for you? Call Heather. (laughs) She'll be And like, I love that. I love the fact that now I am known as the voice of reason where I think there is very little reason. And that's how I started. And then unfortunately, as I sort of learned more and more about the skincare products that were out there, 
the more I realized that even though it is a hundred billion dollar industry, what we may need may not be what's available. And so right. that's actually the reason why I made the skincare company. It didn't start as me wanting to make a brand. And I actually sort of talking about wanting to stay very um, objective. It's very hard for me to recommend my products because they're mine. And I feel like that's a conflict of interest. But at the same time, I really, I mean, I'm not a chemist, but I was completely held to do this because after someone spent $2,500 on me CO2 lasering their face, I couldn't tell them what they should use afterwards that was going to be safe and effective. And like that I found remarkable. And so that's the reason why I started my skincare company. And primarily these are all the products that people use in my office after procedures. So right. it's after you get a biopsy or stitches, like how do we minimize scarring, but also then after a CO2 lasering or IPL or whatever it is, what are the products you can count on? Right. And sort of what your girlfriends are asking you and what you and I are talking about is that when you are a consumer and you're looking at the hundreds of thousands of options out there, you really have to sort of decide what group you're in. Are you in the person who can afford what's going to make the biggest result and you're outcome driven? Are you really want to pick things that are environmentally friendly and like safe for your body and the world we live in? Or are you really worried about, is this going to be irritating? Do I have super sensitive skin? And to me, sort of three very different groups. And even in that, I would say of those three groups, really only two or 3% of the products out there are worth you spending money on or using. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's really what it comes down to. So before we get there, I mean, would you be in agreement with me? Like at the, when we're talking about results, um, you know, I've said it on this podcast a number of times, you're not, if you need a facelift, you're not going to find it in a bottle. Um, if you have severe sun damage, no cream is going to totally erase it. It's not that you can't get some level of improvement, but I think that one of the things as consumers we need to remember is like, what are the results that you want? Um, and, and so when when people come to you and ask like for, you know, we, we see creams that are, um, you know, $200 and I see creams that are, you know, $5. How do we know is more expensive always better? Never. So, great question. <laughs> so, so, so two really different points. And so first of all, in regards to outcomes, yeah. For for looking good for a long period of time, it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And it is not even, it doesn't matter if you get a facelift. It doesn't matter if you do the most invasive procedure. At that point, the aging immediately starts the next day and you got to get back on the horse and you got to start taking care of yourself again. So for my patients, for people in general, I'm like, you know, you see your dermatologist four to six times a year. And that is a little bit of Botox. It's a little bit of filler. It's a little bit of lasering, not too much of any of those things or else you're going to look weird, but a little bit sort of constantly slows the aging process. At home, you can also slow the aging process by using very specific products that have been shown to help. And those are vitamin C serums in the morning that have antioxidants in them that protect you from the sun and radiation in a way different than sunscreen. It's good sunscreen every single day, rain or shine. And it's using something that promotes cell turnover at night, which can be like a retinol or like glycolic acid or an alpha hydroxy acid. Those have data to support them. So Got if it. you want to do things that are going to help your skin, vitamin C serum every morning, sunscreen every morning, turnover every night. Outside of that, 
to be able to tolerate those products, you do need to moisturize and protect your skin. And that's the reason why washing your face and moisturizing your face are important steps. The problem is, is when you add too many ingredients and too many steps, it actually irritates the skin, irritates the skin's barrier and makes it so you can't get the benefit from these expensive products that you're using. And that's what people have to understand is more, meaning more products isn't better, more meaning more ingredients isn't better, more meaning more money isn't better. Like those are not how you should sort of choose your products. You know, I want to go back. I, I I feel like one thing that you also said too was, you know, you see your dermatologist and I, I just can want to stress to everybody that you should be going to a dermatologist and, and, and asking them these questions, have a relationship with your dermatologist who can advise you on products, on, um, treatments, on combination of things. I write to my dermatologist, uh, everything. When I had the flu, when I had, we, we got COVID and I'm like, do you think this is it? Um, <laughs> I lost my sense of smell. Who did I call my dermatologist? He's, he's the best. Um, but you know, having that treatment plan in working with the doctor is really important. And also, you know, a bunch of my girlfriends called and were like, what do I do for sunspots and freckles? And I was like, well, I, I like IPL. I mean, you're yeah. the doctor, so you can talk about, it. but I, I said, here's the thing though, you can't go back out in the sun. Like, and and one of my girlfriends was like, ever? And I said, well, no, but just know that if you go back out in the sun and especially now, and you're not using sunscreen every single day, they're gonna come back. That those brown spots, that sun damage is gonna come back. Exactly, so once you make a brown spot, that area of your skin wants to make brown. So you can clear up the brown that it's made, but you can't take away the propensity to make that brown. Right. Okay. You're exactly right. And so I have people who are like, oh my God, I have finally cleaned up my stuff. I'm not leaving the house without a hat and sunscreen. And then I have patients who are like, Heather can fix it. I'm going to come see her every fall and she's going to clean me up. And like to each their own. Like I don't, I joke that I've uniformly ruined the sun for every single one of my patients between skin cancer and lasering things off. But but you can, you can go and get tan. I don't encourage it and it will age you, but for some people that's important to them. And we still can make their skin look significantly better, but they're going to need more procedures. They're not going to work quite as well. And they're still going to age faster than the individual who's doing the procedures and taking away the aging um, force of the sun, right? Like that's the best thing. That's what I do for myself. Look how pale I am, right? Like right. I'm not out without a hat and everything else because I, it's so much easier to stop it than to right. fix it. But we can fix it. We so, can. Uh, no, we really can. Totally. <laughs> so we, on that note, though, what is your favorite thing for sunspots? Because I, I was recommending, I'm like, well, you know, I think I, it's IPL. Yeah. For it, me, right. So, I, I, so one of the things that you have talked about in some of your other podcasts is like, um, I am not the adopter of the newest thing. I don't, my joke with my patients is like, listen, the laser company is not going to make money off of me and they're not going to make money off of me testing things on you. Like you, my patients are not the guinea pigs for anyone. I'm going to buy right. things after I know I can make it work and I can give you a predictable outcome. And so there's always something new. There's always something hot. And like I read about them and I'm excited that there's always, um, advancement in dermatology, but IPL has been around for a really long time. The technology has continued to improve, but for red and for brown, for a little bit of downtime, IPL is really hard to beat. And yeah. um, and the, the price, price, and like price-wise, it's pretty... Yes, but, um, but 
The thing that you have to know is that any device is only as good as the person using it, right? So 90% of IPLs done in this country are not done by physicians. They're done by physician extenders. And those individuals, some are incredibly talented, some are less experienced, but their settings are hamstringed by their supervisor. Right? right? So when somebody comes to see me, it is not a cheap IPL, but I tell them you will see a 50% improvement from a single treatment being done by a physician. I'm being assisted by an RN. Like this is like big time. And right. I would say most people who get IPLs, they buy it as a package of three to five and there's a mid-level provider doing them. And that's not necessarily bad, but IPL does have a very high one of the highest rates of complications because if you get IPL when you're tan, you're going to get a blister. Right. Like, there are some things that you need to make sure that your provider is thinking about to get you good results. So do, for you, um, is, is it like a one-off that you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One. Cause somebody asked me that and I'm like, you know, cause they were like, how many do I need to do? And, and I remember I haven't done an IPL in a while now, but I went to, and I can't even remember the doctor. Um, I got it done once. Yeah. And I see now, and then I went on and I was like, uh, is it done in series? I actually recommended um, somebody called Dr. Jessica Weiser because I know her office. And I was like, you should call Dr. Jessica Weiser. And you, you yeah. actually just told me that you... Jessica and I trained together. I'm actually older than Jessica. I was her chief resident at Columbia. But I, she's a very smart girl. And, um, and I would call her too. I'm curious. I don't know if you're talking about it, but who is your dermatologist? Dr. Samer Jabber. Okay. I don't, I, I love him. He's just, um, I've been going to him for a long, long time and, uh, love him, but yes, but I've also gotten to see, um, I've gotten to work with Dr. Weiser. So, you know, being in this business, I, I get to meet a lot of wonderful people. And, and there's a lot I'm of very lucky apologists in your neck of the woods, right? I train yeah. there. And so like, um, complete skin MD, um, Ellen Marmer, like there's so many good capable people there who are doing their own lasering and like, you know, but anyways, so when I treat someone's face, I say it's one treatment, one and done, unless you're really damaged. Face, neck, and chest, arms, body, no, you can't crank it because that skin doesn't heal as quickly. So really, once you get off the face, when you're doing necks and chest, it's really a two to three time to clear you up. And then annually, I usually do one face, neck, and chest just to keep everything looking pretty. So uh, is there any, you know, I feel like now we've gone to sunspots, but like, yeah. is there any damage or danger in, um, in like overdoing it? So no, there is danger in overdoing any singular procedure. And we've seen that. We've seen the people with too big a cheeks, but like leathery skin, or we've seen the person where their skin is like porcelain and has like really, really shiny and has no pores and like no personality. And, you know, the person with the big cheeks has too much filler and hasn't done anything else. The person with the like almost scar-like skin has been aggressively lasered over and over and over again. Mm. And other aspects haven't been addressed. So with a good partner in crime, with a good dermatologist leading you down the example of what you can do, it really is about variation. You know, right. you do need, a, need is a strong word, but if you want to look good and slow the aging process, a little bit of Botox, a little bit of filler, a little bit of lasering addresses all the different things that happen with aging and slows it down without changing your natural aesthetic, right? The goal is just to look like you just to age slower than maybe you would have otherwise. Right. Totally. Um, okay. So procedures then, you know, like in office procedures are obviously going to give you the, in general, the greatest results for the money. Yeah. Yeah. So 
let's say you go and get lasered and you spend the money and you get a resurfacing and then you're told to use ointment. The most commonly recommended ointment to use after lasering is Aquaphor, right? Everyone right. tells you to use Aquaphor. Pediatricians, dermatologists. Aquaphor is petroleum and lanolin. Lanolin is sheep sweat, right? So it is what is used to condition the wool on sheep. It is a natural ingredient that the most recent study showed 29% of kids are developing allergies to, and that's actually 40% if they have eczema. So this is, and so, but we're being told to put lanolin on our nipples when they're cracked, when you're breastfeeding. Lanolin has never been shown to help the skin heal any better than plain petroleum jelly. And yet there's a huge risk of allergic reaction. And what happened to me is I was told to use Aquaphor after lasering and I lasered someone, I put Aquaphor on their face and they got a horrible reaction. So this person just spent all of this money getting their face lasered. And then you're doing something to them that is increasing the complication rate afterwards, inhibiting the healing and maybe making it so they don't have as good of an outcome, right? Right. So that to me is unacceptable. So when you when you're getting a procedure done, you know, A, you want to have the right procedure, but B, you want to use the right products afterwards to make sure you're not undoing what you just paid all this money to have done. And that's where there really is, uh, there was a white space in the world of dermatology and the world of beauty is that people were recommending dermatologists as a general rule don't spend that much time thinking about products so they're like oh use whatever you want or just make sure you put sunscreen on or don't get any sun but they aren't telling their their customers like what does that mean what what kind of sunscreen can i use safely on my open skin and that's the other thing is the skin when it's intact keeps out like 99 percent of what you put on it Right. Once you damage it, once you laser it, once you inject it, there's holes in the skin. And so now all of a sudden chemicals that used to not be a problem are going to be a problem because you're absorbing so much more of them. Right. And so we really have to be meticulous in both our treatment and which I would say we are, like we're all OCD and very meticulous about our treatments. But then also we need to, we as dermatologists need to up our game and educate people what they can use in their time of need afterwards to make sure they aren't causing problems. And so that's where products happen. Yeah, if people are having problems with um, petroleum, what, what, what is the thing to use then? Yeah, so great question. So what I tell people is plain petroleum is probably safe. The problem with petroleum is that your body cannot absorb it. So it's just like a protective shell, but it doesn't aid in the healing process. I, five years ago, launched a product called Restore Healing Balm as an alternative to, exactly, as an alternative to petroleum. And my product only has three ingredients in it. It has castor oil, castor wax, and glycerin. And the way I equate it is it's sort of like if you were on a desert island, you would need food, shelter, and water. And then your skin is healing, it needs food, shelter, and water. And the castor oil is the food, the castor wax is the shelter. It's sort of like the petroleum. It sits on top and keeps it from your skin from drying out. And then it needs food. It needs water, and the water is the glycerin. And glycerin is this incredibly powerful humectant that actually pulls water out of the air and into your skin, particularly while it's healing. And the skin cannot heal itself if it is dried out, which is why you should always put a Band-Aid on a cut or a scrape. You want to keep the water there. The water level has to be high enough so that the skin cells or the keratinocytes can divide, move into place, and heal your skin. So what my product does is it provides the three different things your skin needs to heal without any allergens, without any 
any chemicals that absorb into you or your body. Everything's biodegradable. It's all food grade. But what we've shown is there was a study done actually in New York where um, people had aggressive CO2 lasering and they put aquaphor on one side of their face and they put restore healing balm on the other side of their face and everyone healed faster, had less redness, had fewer complications on the restore side of their face. So like it works. You can, there are better options than petroleum or than aquaphor. And, um, and so that's, that's what sort of started this whole game was I was like, what, what can I make to make things better for people? And that's what the bomb is. But while we're talking about cuts and scrapes and injuries and scarring, also we're all told to put like neomycin or neosporin. Neosporin. Yeah. Like It is a billion dollar industry and that has been over the counter for 50 years. And what people don't understand is that right now, like neosporin, polysporin, the bacteria resistant to that is over 50%. So it's more likely it's not going to kill a bacteria than it is going to kill a bacteria. But in addition to that, those antibiotics are incredibly common allergens and they can cause anaphylaxis. They can cause all sorts of horrible things. So really, in my mind, they should be taken off the market. They're not killing bacteria, and they're causing allergic reactions. But because the U.S. is driven by sales, guess what? It's a moneymaker. So no one's taking it off the market. So, by the way, I had no idea that that's why we put on... I have neosporin in my cabinet. Um, Whenever I have a cut and a scrape, I mean, since I've been a baby, that's what we've been putting on. I just thought it helped in the healing. I had no idea that there was like an antibiotic or an antiseptic capability to it. So it has like polymyxin B or polysporin or neomycin. They all have these over-the-counter antibiotics in them. And, And that's why they're supposed to help heal. So it's just petroleum and then these common allergens that used to kill bacteria and don't anymore because it's been so widely used. Right. So, but but the reaction to them are getting stronger and stronger. They're considered top 100 allergens. Like they just should be thrown away. I literally this morning was at the allergist. I don't know, you can't even tell anymore because I am, <laughs> I know I did okay. I, it was mold, but it was weird because the control didn't really. So Anyway, I did the arm test. Um, I'm highly allergic to most antibiotics. So I was really there to see again if penicillin was something that I've been told since I was a baby I was allergic to. And I don't know, I've got to go back for like the, they call it the challenge test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but so far so good. Um, you know, he was like, you know, so far they did like an injection, they did the skin prick, the injection. And then, so anyway, this is big deal to me because I know um, as somebody who has, um, I'm not really sensitive skin, but I'm allergic to a lot of antibiotics. I had no idea that that was um, something to be concerned about. And unfortunately, every decade, our skin gets more sensitive. So like women who have been super lucky, like wait until your fifties, honey, like fundamentally, some of us are born with sensitive skin and some of us get to sensitive skin. But that's the other problem is as we're aging, we're told, oh, you got to use this, you got to use that, you got to use this. And at that same time, our epidermis is getting thinner as we age. It's turning over more slowly and things that we used to tolerate. And like, I see this all the time. People come like, I've been using this cream forever. It's never been a problem. And now they have like, you know, irritation all around their eyes. I'm like, well, it's a problem now. Now, <laughs> so, Yeah. Like it is. Also, combinations of products can be problematic. You know, I would yeah. use this on, on my on my on my lips, and I've been using it on my cuticles. I have to say, and this is no BS about it. Um, I, I was sent this from as part of the new beauty thing, and um, I bite my lips all the time. I talk about it all the time, uh, and I've been using this on my lips. It's it's amazing. It really is. So kudos. What else can you use it on? 
So, so you can use it on everything, but I would say the, the restore healing balm should be the first thing you go to when something's going wrong with your skin. So okay. if you get a sunburn, if you have a rash, if your skin feels dry, like if you aren't sure what's going on, honestly, <gasps> this probably fix it. It also helps on scars. Um, we're going to say, does it help on scars? Yeah, it does. It helps on scars during the healing process. Once the scar is healed, so once it's a closed wound, then you go to silicone. Can and I you ask go you to now? Yeah. So my, my plastic surgeon, because everybody now at this point knows I had my boobs done and uh, we're three weeks out. Um, but he was like, don't start anything. Don't put anything on them until six weeks. Do you disagree? I do. So, so the, the, sorry to all the plastic surgeons out there. I'm now going to be offensive. Um, so in general, plastic surgeons, I believe are taught don't mess with scars. Like oftentimes they don't want you to laser them for a year. They don't want you to put anything on them until six weeks. And dermatologists and in dermatology data, there is some very convincing arguments against that. So when I do surgery on someone's face for a skin cancer, I laser it that day before I put the top stitches in so that the normal skin and the scar tissue skin are turning over together and it immediately airbrushes the scars. Then I have them use Restore Healing Balm until the scar is closed and the stitches are out. Then I switch them to silicone strips if it's on the body or silicone gel if it's on the face. And then at a month, I laser them again. And after that, I keep going until the scar is gone. And when you do it, you can really make things fade. But if you wait a year, you can't do it. You have to get it when the scar is really, really active and remodeling. So you have to hit it early and often. So I, I always want to defer to the surgeon, but if it were my boobs, I would have silicone strips on right now. Great. Okay. So we'll talk about that. I just ordered some. They were freaking <laughs> expensive though from Biodermis. Oh, yeah, the silicon ones are my favorite. The biogen ones are good too. But you just and like what's so great about well, it? Well, silicon, silicon. How much are those? Because the the bio the biodermis ones were four hundred dollars. Yeah, that's insane. The silicon ones are like fifty. <laughs> oh, good. So then I so then okay, great. I'll go with silicon. Go with silicon, and you can put them on. And what they do is they protect your like scars from being rubbed by. Like I I what am I? On my right shoulder, I had surgery. And so like right here, I used my silicone and like my bra strap wouldn't rub against it. So it just right. kept it from getting inflamed, right? You can leave them on for five, six days and then they'll just peel off. You wash them, let them air dry and then you can slap them back on. And it really does provide like a protective cocoon for the scar while it's healing. It keeps that evaporation from happening that we we're talking about, how the skin does better when it stays moist. So the whole point of um, silicone is that it is like that protective layer, like the Vaseline or like the castor wax in my products, where it just keeps that water level up so that the body can do what it wants to do in the best possible environment. Oh, I love this. So, okay. Because I want to talk to you a little bit more about like things that you feel like are, you know, we we're talking about price. Um, when it, let, Let's look at like some of like the products on the market, right? There's um, like, I think about like the Patera Essence or like, you know, La Mer Cream. Um, so, so this is this is one of these things where um, I feel pretty strongly that you shouldn't spend over a hundred dollars on a product unless there are medical studies to to support what it's doing. So La Mer, La Mer, people love and like there is this com- there's this component where buying something nice for yourself feels good. And like, mm-hmm. I want to support people feeling like they're doing self-care. That being said, if I was gonna be spending that much money on a face cream, I wouldn't be buying La Mer. And the reason for that is La Mer's, like f- two out of its first three ingredients are petroleum. 
So like you're right. spending all this money for something that is not expensive to make, but is, you know, just become, and, and that's what we people have to understand is that the beauty industry is driven by sales. It's driven not by outcomes, but by making money. And so what people do is they want to put something in a pretty bottle and they want it to smell good and they want to make people feel good about using it with the cheapest ingredients possible. Right. And the cheapest ingredients possible are primarily petroleum based. And like La Mer is an older product. So like they, it says mineral oil, it says petroleum, like in the ingredient list. But then also as you go further down, what makes something luxurious the way it smells and like almost all high-end products have fragrance in them. And it's the same products, it's the same fragrance because there is a association for us about a certain smell and it being luxurious. But right. those fragrances all are our irritants, right? Really what you're doing is you're spending 180 bucks on a product that's petroleum and common irritants. And yes, it has seaweed extract in it. And maybe seaweed extract does something for some individuals, but it hasn't been proven. It hasn't been studied. It's not vitamin C. It's not retinol. It is not a known ingredient. It's not niacinamide. So I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Right. And like, and now over like the last 10 years, there has been like progress on this and, and there have been newer products and, but they still are making the same mistakes. Right. right. So yeah. like on the, um, August, Augustinus butter, like that's the new hot cream, right? And that's $260, but it also like, Ooh, I haven't even heard of it. What was it? It's Augustinus Vader. Oh, okay. I haven't heard about that so one it, yet. It's the new La Mer, right? Got but it. it too, like the, the names are slightly different, but it's pentylene glycol. That's a petroleum-based ingredient and that's still in the top three. So really like just most skincare products are filled. You know, they have either like a very, like there's something called pegs or there's these polyethylenes or the polypropylenes and there's the, um, and then there's carbomers and all of these, and that's acrylic acid. So these are all just synthetic ingredients that are whipped up that feel good, that don't do anything for you. And so that's, and that's really the majority of the high-end products, which is why, like, if you're going to spend $300 on a product like have it have peptides in it have it have like well the yeah from, from the like I don't know but like TNS right those growth factors come from like circumcised skin right, right. Like, like it's that's just where it comes from but there's right. data there so if you have that kind of money go get the stuff that actually has data to support it okay so you're talking about the skin medica TNS serum that one and they just have a new one yep and sente has a great one that has an other peptides in it called heparin sulfate but like these things have studies where they can say we can show you that it actually slows the inflammation and like helps with fine lines and wrinkles and like great spend your money on that now does that have ingredients in it like dyes and fragrance and maybe even like parabens yes but so do these other ones that you can buy at you know, at Neiman markets, but you might as well get the one that's going to do something for you. If you're going to expose yourself to those chemicals, that's the way I feel about it. I love that. We just had a podcast with um, the founders of Hero, which is a, uh, they were two um, stem cell researchers who were studying for um, trying to figure out uh, osteoarthritis and they discovered this molecule and somebody, one of their peer 
they were peer reviewed and somebody said, you should apply this to skincare, not just to joints. And they found, um, they've got all of this clinical data that they have available online that showed, and it was a peptide um, molecule that was really um, sort of kickstarted the skin to to be at its most active regenerative phase. Um, Cool. And like, there are billions of dollars being spent on research on those sorts of things. And like every six months, yeah. Is there a new peptide I'm trying? Yeah, for sure. And like, I joke that those, those are where I get my bad ingredients, but in general, like what, what the problem is, and like, I'm sort of segueing here, but for example, parabens, like there's a lot of talk about parabens and phthalates and they're, you know, outlawed in the EU, they're allowed in the United States. In our ingredients, parabens are a preservative, which are incredibly low percentages. So if all you were doing were using one skincare product once a day with a little bit of paraben in it, it probably wouldn't make a lick of difference. But the problem is that it's accumulating. And right. like we have been using these products all over our body for decades, if not at this point, almost a century, it's been out in the market. And so we're not at low percentages anymore. We're accumulating in us. And there are pretty convincing data now that it does affect our estrogen pathway. And so is paraben in the 0.05% dangerous? Probably not, but that's not how we're exposing ourselves to it anymore. We're covering our whole bodies with it on a regular basis. So my feeling is, is like, if this product is really going to help slow the aging process, help with fine lines, promote cell turnover, and there's a little bit of paraben in it, I might allow that on my face. But on my body products, like I want nothing. Like I sort of really try to limit my exposure. It's sort of like, you know, perfect is the enemy of good. You can't avoid everything toxic all the time. And if you try, you'll make yourself completely insane. Instead, you're like, is it worth it? Like, is it worth, <laughs> is it, is it worth like, is it right now with COVID? Is it worth hanging out with this person or is it not? Right. <laughs> like, <you're laughs> well said. And sometimes it's been so, kind of nice because you're like, ah, you know what? I, I just don't feel safe. I also, I can't stand you. <laughs> You know, that's so, what it comes down to is like, is this product A, worth the money? B, does it give you what it want, what you want out of it? Does it give you the outcome you want that it's worth the risk or does it not? And most of the expensive overkind of the products out there to me aren't worth the risk and don't give you the outcome that you want. And I love that you said, you know, listen, if you've got buckets of money and money is not an option, then by all means, do go and do it. But if you're looking for results, you know, that $200 might be better spent, save it for, um, you know, five products and go get the laser to really deliver some effective results. Exactly. Like you would go through, you know, usually you go through your face cream in three months. Let's say you're paying $200 on that, right? So that right there is $800 that you just spent on face cream in the year. You can get a nice lasering for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> great. More for you. But the other thing is, is that let's say you're using retinol every night, right? You mm-hmm. wash your face, you use your retinol, and then you put on one of these expensive products with um, irritating ingredients, with fragrance, with other things. That's going to make it less likely you're going to be able to tolerate the retinol. Right. Because the retinol makes your skin a little bit more sensitive. And then you put this on and then you get irritated and then you're not getting the benefits of the retinol. So if you're going to use these active ingredients, the retinol, the alpha hydroxy acid, then you want to follow it with a moisturizer that's just going to help your skin deal with the actives you've given it. And like that... Well, yeah, so that's, that's my, that's my ointment, but like, that's the reason why I have a face cream and a face lotion is that, you know, and it is, it's about giving people things that are only going to help and, and not making these claims where like it improves the appearance of fine lines and what the hell does that mean? Right. What works are the laser treatments and the seeing the dermatologist and these few active ingredients, everything else really should only 
help make those products work better. Better, and, right. And, and in your time of need or where you're wearing a mask on your face and your face is just irritated already because you had a stressful day or because it's red rubbed by the mask or just because you drank coffee all day and didn't get any sleep, your skin needs to rest just like you right. do. And so you need that, the equivalent of the cozy chamomile cup of tea. Like you just sometimes need to give your skin a break. And that's what my products are. My products are like those things you can count on when you're like, ah, I just need a day off. Let's just calm things down and like provide a little food and a little bit of comfort for your skin. And it's amazing how hard it is to find that um, out there. Everything is claiming it's either sparkly and looks good on Instagram, or it's claiming it's going to like change the world of your skin. And it's not going to do either of those things. All it's going to do is irritate your skin and make it so you feel worse about yourself. And that's the tragedy of it. So, you know, I want to ask you, um, in addition to your own line, is there, is there like a medium priced or, or is there another line that you feel like, you know, for people who might not have, well, I guess everybody now has access to the internet and can get your yeah. products, but is there another line that you feel like has some good R and D behind it or that you kind of feel like, you know what, here's a good option. So, um, yes and no. Um, it, it comes down to how picky are you? And, if you want, if, if you want things you want, so, so let's talk about my brand first and then we'll go from there. My brand, I am incredibly, um, um, militant, I think is the correct word. Every ingredient has to be plant-based biodegradable as well as hypoallergenic and have be in the products for a specific reason. There is nothing in any of my ingredients and in my products that isn't serving a purpose. And my manufacturer jokes with me. He's like, everyone wants to say that they have a hundred ingredients and you want there to be three. And I'm like, yep, right. I'm, I'm not like, because having a hundred ingredients, like if you have 0.02% of 40, 14 different things, it's going to do nothing for your nothing skin. for you. Yeah. So I want the highest possible percentages of the safe active ingredients have been shown to help. Like I have a very high percentage of squalene and niacinamide and these things that are helpful and I have no fillers. Right. So my products are safe meaning that everything is hypoallergenic. They're smart, meaning that I only choose ingredients that have data behind them. They are selective in the fact that I don't allow any excess go in there. I'm militant about what goes in there and I'm always cutting ingredients. And then they're like, it won't stay together, Heather. You need to put something in there. Right, right. Something in there, yeah. And then lastly, they're sustainable. So my packaging, my ingredients are all um, green. In fact, everything's recyclable and everything's biodegradable. I don't, there isn't another skincare brand that meets those criteria. Got it. Fair, fair. So there's, there isn't, and, and I don't, and like, there's some progress. There are some things coming out there, but if all of those things are important to you, that's the reason why I was compelled, compelled to, to do this. It. Yeah. Well, let's say you don't care. You don't care about it being sustainable. You know, you just want it to be smart and effective ingredients. I do think that there are some very smart companies out there. And um, one of the ones that has been doing really, making some pretty good things is, um, it's called Skin Better. It's a terrible name. But they, sorry, Skin Better. <laughs> but, like they, um, but they have some really good active ingredients with good data behind it. They have a great vitamin C serum. They have a great retinol. They have a great um, alpha hydroxy acid. They also have a bunch of products that I be- believe are BS, like their face right. creams and their face washes. But they have some actives that are awesome. Um, a company that's actually based out of Seattle, Paula's Choice. Paula was... Um, oh, yeah, Sure. 
Yeah, like don't go the cosmetic cop without me. Like, like really I feel like Paul's good. Choice was like like the original, like that got everybody what? started on like knowing what's in their products. Yeah, exactly. And I think she deserves a shout out for that. That she really did start educating people about look at what your ingredients are. Same thing, it, environmentally friendly. No, but is she fragrant free? Yes. Does she like talk about what her ingredients do? Yes. But does she have forty plus ingredients in every one of her products? Typically, no. yes. So it is about, but Paula's Choice is pretty darn affordable and there's a lot of different options and it's readily available. Um, my products are medium of the road and readily available. And then like Skin Better are pretty expensive um, because they have these studies behind them. But the problem is, is most, most, um, most skincare companies just are like, oh, I need to have 50 different options. I need to tell people they need to use an eye cream and a face cream and an essence and a toner. And that's wrong. That's a disservice to your customer. A good face cream can be your eye cream. You don't need an essence. Toner should only be used when you actually want to exfoliate something. Like, And so there's just this mixed messages where it goes to... It goes from maybe a smaller company to a larger company, and then the bottom line becomes more and more important. And so you have to keep churning. You have to keep making income. And so you have to create a need that really isn't there. And that right. creating a need that isn't there is actually doing a disservice to the individual who doesn't know better. I'm obsessed with you, by the way. Thank you like so much because, you know, I, I, again, this is why I started this podcast was so that people like yourselves could come on, you know, who have the education, who have years of training, who are seeing patients um, every single day and who've created lines and really hit, understand the chemistry can help us understand better, um, you know, the things and, and also so that we can be better consumers. We're never... Like I said, if you are a fan of La Mer, I know Ryan used to like that was his thing and you've got the money to spend, by all means do it. If you're looking for results to my friends who just called me the other day for freckles, IPL, um, and uh, you're not, you're not going to get, you're not, well, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the same results in a bottle that you will in a laser. Um, and it doesn't mean that you won't get results in it with things in a bottle over time. You just have to really... You have to manage your expectations. Yes, completely. So, and you need to get, and like something that I'm doing and, you know, I, I as you can see, like I, I'm not somebody who spends a lot of time with creating the perfect video, but I have had a lot of requests and like every week I, there's Ask Dr. Rogers and I answer these sorts of questions because it is so confusing out there. And I have a YouTube channel where I'm like, this should be your morning routine and this should be your evening routine. Not to recommend specific products, but to just get people comfortable with the concepts of what's reality and versus what's just the buzz that's created because it's fall and somebody needs to push a new product. And so I do yeah. feel like we can empower the consumer to then make an educated decision for themselves. Great. That's really, and like the whole point is we all just got to do the best by our, you know, for ourselves or what's important to us. And, you know, I believe fragrance should be in candles and in perfume. I don't think it should be in any products. I know there are plenty of people out there who cannot wake up in the morning without some wonderful smelling bath wash. So right. you just got to pick what it is that you need, but, um, hopefully by the further education, people can make a better, make a more accurate choice. And it's just like when someone comes in for a procedure, like this is the expected outcome. This is the thing that can go right. This is the thing that might go wrong. And you need to know that before we go down this road. And unfortunately that kind of consenting doesn't happen in the skincare industry. And so I really feel like it's my job to help people educate themselves. So I, where can people find you? 
What's the best way to find um, your videos um, and also your Dr. products? Rogers. So Dr. Rogers, but doctor spelled out. So it's Rogers on Instagram. It's Dr. Rogers um, is my website. Um, YouTube is Dr. Rogers. The only thing that's special about it is that doctor is spelled out. And we, um, we have newsletters with information. So people, if they go to our website, you can sign up. And every week we send out a newsletter. And I always have a tip in there being like, hey, this is what you're seeing in the news. This is what I think about it. Like I really try to provide information about skincare. Um, Amazing. And then also let people just DM us questions. And then every week I have a list of questions. I sit down and be like, okay, guys, everyone's asking about this. Let's talk about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on with me today. This has been so incredible. Uh, we have to bring you back because I feel like you and I could go on and on about this all day long. I know. We didn't even get to do scars. With I know. We're, I'm going to bring you back on for scars to talk yeah, about scars. Is, I love scars. 40% of what I do is fixing people's scars. And it's so empowering to help people move past their scars. It, and that's a wonderful thing to talk about too. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Rogers. And of course, um, if you guys have any questions you want us to pass along, you can always do that. Hello at Art Beauty Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Art Beauty Podcast. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.